I'm Jeremiah Craig. Thank you for tuning in. I got stories to tell and songs to sing. Now they call me a balladeer to find out why just lend an ear at me. with me a little while and I will promise I will make you smile. My name is Jeremiah Craig. Thank you for tuning in. Hey everybody, this is Jeremiah Craig. Glad to be broadcasting here again on the podcast and on Anchor. You know, I had this really cool thing happened to me on the bus last week. I get on the E-Line, and there's a lot of stories that go down on the E-Line in Seattle, which goes up and down Aurora Avenue. So there's a lot of weirdos that get on, and there's a lot of normal people, and there's a lot of folks in between, you know? So that creates the atmosphere for a lot of stories to go down, right? So I got a couple stories. These are E-line stories. So I get on the E-line after a photo shoot that I was doing for work. I wasn't taking the photos. I was just there trying to get extra content. So the day had finished up. And went to catch the E-Line because it takes me home. And I got all of this extra stuff because we shot a a couple of food clients. So we have a couple of food clients and we're, we're, we set up this photo shoot for their Instagrams. Okay, so this whole photo shoot for two clients happened because Instagram existed. So side note, this is how important social media is. Agencies are booking days, photographers, food stylists, and models to showcase products just on Instagram. Okay? So if you're not on Instagram, you probably should be. So that's done. I have a bunch of extra food because we cooked a lot of food to take pictures of it, and then what do you do with it? They started throwing it away, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. I will take that home, and I will eat it. And we're still eating it. I have a ton. So I I got these bags of stuff, right? And I'm getting on the E-line, and there's no place to sit down, really. Although there is this one guy who's sort of taken up a lot of space, And he's got a cane, so I was figuring that he probably needed that space, right? Uh, So I'm standing there with my bag of food and my lavender plant. Yeah, I had a lavender. They were going to throw out a lavender plant. Why why would I let a lavender plant go to waste? You know, they smell good. I might as well enjoy the smells for a couple days. So I got my lavender plant in my bag. He says, you want to sit down here? I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks. Wasn't sure if you needed it or not. But he didn't, so I sit down next to him, and we start talking, and uh, he says, you know, one of my friends died on this bus a few years ago, 
And I said, what, you remember the, the actual bus number or just this bus line? He says, no, this bus line. He said his name was Will. Yep, he died, had a heart attack on this bus. And they didn't find out until the end of the line. They thought he'd just fallen asleep or something. And the, and the, the bus driver walked back and, you know, gives him a poke. And then he just died of a heart attack. I said, Wow. That's crazy. Like, how does that happen? So it's like, where does the conversation go from there? So I'm like, you know, how did you meet this guy? Like, how did you get to know him, to be friends with him? He says, you know, well, when I was homeless and and downtown, uh, he used to be a bouncer at one of the bars that uh, we would just hang around. And, you know, we just got to talking and, and being friends. And I was like, and he, and he bounced you out a time or two, maybe? He's, he started laughing and said, no, that wasn't the case. <laughs> no, he was good friends with this guy going way back. And even further back than that, he started t- telling me about how he was a photographer once. Back in his day, and he was a photographer for the hip-hop scene in the 1970s. Can you believe that? Right when it was starting out. How exciting would have that been to capture? So I was really impressed with the stories that this guy had to say about hip-hop, you know, and the parties that he was at. So... That was a cool story on the E-Line. I enjoyed that one. His name was Show Love. And uh, I hope I see Show Love on the bus again because he was a cool guy. The next day, headed home again, and I found a seat this time. It was headed home a little bit later, and I didn't have the amount of produce or the amount of weight that I had previously. But I sit down to this next to this lady and you know, she looks up at me and sees I has I have my earbuds in. Uh, a lot of times I don't have music going in my earbuds. I'll just keep them in so people don't think that I'm listening to them because I like to listen to people's conversations as creepy as that may be. I know you're thinking that. But I get a lot of good ideas from listening to people's conversations. And one of the ways to do that without being noticed is to wear earbuds so people think that you're listening to music and not paying attention to them. Uh, You'll hear some pretty interesting things that way. So, I was doing that, uh, and, and she kept on looking at me to see, you know, if... I had my earbuds out, and I took them out to see if she had something to say, and she did. You know, we struck up a conversation. Her name was Elizabeth, and she was telling me about how she had a daughter going to Yale, how proud she is. She's going to be a scientist following in her mother's footsteps. Elizabeth was a scientist, Uh and she had just retired, you know, starting to settle down a little bit more, uh, let her 
uh, daughter take the reins on the science front, if you will. And we get to talking, and she says, you know, I used to date a folk musician, actually. And I said, oh, yeah? She says, yeah, there's a song or two out there about me. And I pull out my phone because I am ready to go to Spotify and find this song that's about her. And I'm like, what's the song name? Who does it? And she says, oh, it's not on Spotify. Uh, the, the person who wrote it for me uh, isn't the type to you know put his music out there which is probably why they weren't together anymore. He doesn't seem like a real go-getter. So, but he was telling she was telling me about how she was a real part of the music scene growing up. And my bus stop was coming up. And she says, "Oh, can I tell you a music story really quick?" And I said, "Hell yeah. I want to hear the story." So she says, you know, one night when I was really young, me and my friends were all in West Virginia. And we all piled into this van. And when we did that, it seemed like we were already in the middle of nowhere, but they drove for miles down these backcountry roads until they they came to a holler and they set up at this little cabin with a with a porch and a deck and it was a really nice night and the moon was shining right and she says and all my friends just started playing music Somebody had the guitar, somebody had the banjo, somebody had the bass. And they they didn't know what each other were playing. They just started playing and continued playing without discussing what they were going to be playing next. And she thought it was a miracle that musicians could speak to each other without talking. They could communicate where the song was going through emotion and nonverbal cues that they were making with their instruments or with their features as they, you know, moved their eyebrows, their head, their body. They could move and signal how a song would change, right? And it clicked for her that that was a space that was a language that musicians have. And I said, you're completely right. It totally is a space. I call it the zone. And I'm sure that's a very kindergarten term to apply to such a thing. But to me, it is, it is a zone where a bunch of musicians are just on the same level, the same frequency, and can just be one unit that serves the music and the song itself. And once you get on that frequency, it is an experience that 
I've never experienced in any other way. Like it's, it's unequaled to me as far as I'm concerned. And it is a language. It is communicating without the spoken word. You're using music and that is a universal language in and of itself. I mean, we can feel the emotion from another culture's music without understanding the words. We can still feel it and have an idea of whether it's a sad song or a happy song. But it's the zone that's really special, I think, for musicians and it's something to live for even. And I've experienced it in a number of different occasions. Uh, in the Jack Swift band, in my college band, we basically lived in the zone. That's was our whole purpose as a band. We would just riff on one chord for like 20 minutes. One chord. And... We knew exactly the dynamics that we were going for. Because when you are only on one chord, the entire song relies on dynamics and the communication that you have with the rest of the band. Because if you're just going all out for 20 minutes on one chord, it gets really boring really fast. Because there's no change. Like... What are you going to do next? But it's all dependent on the dynamics and how can you bring a song up, bring it down, ride it for a minute in the middle on that plateau, uh, change between instruments, who's soloing here, who's soloing there. So that is one of the most perfect examples that I can think of, but it's also happened in my family band. Uh, and I will play a song later because growing up with a lot of instruments in the house and my brother and my father being musicians, uh, we would play a lot and we got to know each other's style really intimately and can make that communication just by looking at each other or by even signaling with what we do with the instruments themselves. Say if there's a, a pull-off here or a hammer-on there, right? And um, let me see if I can... All right, so I'm just going to do a little uh, example here because I don't know how many people know what a pull-off is or what a hammer-on is. So uh, a pull-off is when you have your finger on the string already and you basically put part of your finger underneath it and as you pluck the string... You can basically pick it again. So that's a pull-off. Hear that? A hammer-on is the opposite. You don't have your finger on the string, but when you pluck it, then you hammer down on it. So it's just little signals. And, and that's used in soloing and, and just playing rhythm in general. Like it's just a flare, an accent here or there. But you can also use it to communicate with people while you're playing it's just things like that and when you get to know somebody's style really intimately you can tell what they're going to do next by the way they're hammering or pulling off uh, as they 
play the guitar or the mandolin or the banjo. So that's another example of playing with people and being in the zone just by knowing how they play because you've played with them for so long. Now, one of the most exciting and extremely cool experiences, like that is just extremely cool, is to be in the zone, that musical zone with complete strangers. When I was on tour in Palisade, Colorado, I finished up my set and somebody who was there invited me to an open mic next door. And I met some folks over there and then they invited me back to their place because uh, it's, it's just like a spot for touring musicians to crash if they need to, right? It's part of the code of being a musician. If, if you have somebody that needs to crash, you let them crash. If you need, some, if you need to crash someplace, then you can crash at another musician's house. Some, some musicians are like that, you know, and they just have an extra mattress or an extra couch or will just let you crash on the floor. And it's really cool. But after this show, we all went back to his house and we just started jamming. We just started just messing around. And there were several jam sessions where we were in the zone. And when you're in it, you don't really think about it. You're just absorbing it and you're just glad to be there in the zone where you're just in the music space. I don't really know how to explain it. It's like you're in a dome and the auto audio frequencies are around you but you're also a part of it because you're making the sound. It's I don't I don't know how to say it. It's it's not really something that I can explain with words. Um but when it's over when the song is over, all of a sudden you just have this enormous rush of adrenaline and uh, what is it, endorphins, right? It, it, it just fills your system because you were there. It was an experience in it of itself. And it was all about the music because you were playing music with somebody else and you basically formed one thing, one song that you didn't know was going to happen before you started playing. And a lot of times it just doesn't click. Like most times when you play with somebody, just like a pickup thing, it's not going to click like that. But when it does, it's really special. And I call that the zone. And I guess those were three different occasions when I, uh, I, I, experienced the zone in three different ways one with my college band one with my family and one with strangers and of course I have other examples for each one but those are the three that stand out the most I really like playing with people with other musicians because of that reason 
because of the zone that you can create in music and the language. And it is a miracle. Elizabeth was right. The zone and being able to communicate with musicians to create something really special in the moment is a miracle. She's completely correct. But I just wanted to come on here and say that. And now I'm going to play a song that uh, my family found ourselves in the zone many times. This is called In the Pines, and I am on guitar. My brother is on mandolin, and my father is on guitar as well, and we're all singing. Um, This is a really cool family harmony song. So this is In the Pines. Oh, 
cause me to leave my home In the pines, in the pines Where the sun never shines And we shiver in the cold windows Jeremiah, I just wanted to stop by because I was thinking about you, and um, I definitely have to get over to your ch your station. And unfortunately, I only get about twenty or thirty minutes a day that I can listen to my favorites. And now with the new setup, um, I just listen to whoever pops up first. To be honest, because I it's harder for me to find my favorites, right? The ones that I listen to um, constantly on a daily basis. So I'm listening to newer people, which is great. But then my older favorites are kind of getting lost. So um, just wanted to stop by and let you know that I'm thinking about you and I miss your voice. Hey, Sheena, thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm having the same thing. You know, I'm still getting used to the new app. I'm still getting used to the new routine that I have because I have a new job. And I'm getting used to a lot of things. And I'm trying to figure out where it's, where's the best use of my time, right? And... I understand you only have like 20 minutes. I have like only that much too. But I promise I will do my best to be among those that pop up first here. I promise. Thank you so much for the call in, Sheena. I really appreciate it. Jeremiah Craig. Hey, Jeremiah. Yeah, I finally, finally upgraded my phone today, April the 5th, and um, I've been saying hello to uh, different members of the family, and uh, here and there, here and there, then I started again tonight, sending some messages to different people, but I could not end my night at all without reaching out to Jeremiah Craig, <laughs> so <laughs> here I am at, I think it's 9.20 at night, in my time, you know. East Coast. So, okay, Jeremiah, just want to let, let you know I am here in, I will say, your neck of the woods virtually, as in version three. So, you take it easy until we connect again. Okay, Jeremiah, and tell your lovely fiance hello for me. Okay, bye. Thanks, TC. Yeah, I will definitely tell her hi. And welcome to Anchor 3. I hope it's treating you okay so far. I'm still getting used to it, but the last few episodes have been me talking about how I'm getting used to it, so I think I'm just going to pretend that I'm used to it now and move on. <laughs> Thank you for stopping by. I will be by your station as well. And for everybody listening, everybody else, go and listen to TC Ray's Podcast Action 25 on Anchor and iTunes and Google Play. And also, before that, we had Sheena Diane call in 
and I think she called in from the Work at Home Mom podcast. So you should go check that out because she has a lot of good tips about working from home, even if you're not a mom. I mean, the tips just transcend gender or parenthood. So I want to thank both Sheena Diane and TC Ray for calling in. I really appreciate you guys. I'm going to call that an episode, and I will catch you later. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Jeremiah Craig. And if you want to hear more, like if you're just thinking, hey, you know, how can I hear more of this dude? Because, you know, he kind of sounds kind of cool. I mean, I'm not that sold on him yet, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. If he had, like, a website or something that I could visit, then maybe, then maybe I would enjoy this person a little bit more because I'd be able to learn about him. I'd be able to listen to more of his music, watch his videos, see what he's about a little bit. Well, you're in luck, friend, because my website is http colon slash slash jeremiahcraig.com that's http colon slash slash jeremiahcraig.com <laughs> have a good night everybody peace